0: Not many of us live on a deserted island like Robinson Crusoe. We are part of the fabric of humanity. We all have mountains to climb. And when we make it to the top, God's quiet revolutionaries appear. We are forever in their debt. John Carter has proclaimed God's good news around the globe. During this program, he talks about the people who helped him upwards and onwards. This is his tribute to God's quiet revolutionaries. Listen carefully, you might just be one of them.
1: Hello, friend. Welcome today to the Carter Report, and a special welcome to my friend, Wayne, the person who is the voiceover in these programs. There's a book that was written to Christians in the city of Rome about 2,000 years ago. In this book, the great apostle Paul talks about the people who made a profound difference in his life. These tremendous heroes, the big game changers. I'm going to turn over here to Romans chapter 16, verse 3 and 4. Paul says, Greek Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, you've got a couple, Priscilla, the lady, Aquila the man. Greek Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. These were the people who changed the history of the world. Most of these names are hardly known to the human race today, but they were tremendous people. Their names are written down in glory. We shall be forever in their debt. Paul mentions many of them. There was Mary and uh, Andronicus. What a name, Andronicus, Junia, Timothy, Erascus. He was the treasurer of the city. Why, bless your heart, here you've got the treasurer of the city and by the grace of God, he is doing mighty deeds for God. He didn't write any books in the New Testament, but he made a profound difference to the life of the great apostle Paul. These people helped change the course of history. They were God's revolutionaries in their own right. Today, I'm going to talk to you about some of God's great revolutionaries whom I've known personally. The amazing stories of some of the people who helped the sacred cause of the gospel. People in Russia, Ukraine, people in the United States of America, people in Central America, people around the world. The game changes. God's quiet revolutionaries.
0: What was the name of the Russian governor who protected you from the Russian Mafia.
1: It was my privilege to get to know Boris Nemtsov. He was the governor of the great city of Nizhny Novgorod. He was a tremendous man. Great Russian bear, huge man. Great shock of black hair. The year was 1992. We'd open up this big evangelistic campaign in the Palace of Sport. The mafia and some religious louts came down to the meetings and tried to break up the meetings. They were throwing smoke bombs on the stage. So I was preaching for a bit surrounded by smoke bombs. Then the mafia invaded our hotel, the Ruscier Hotel. When Doctor Boris Nemtsov heard what was happening, he sent his own militia, and they came down and they protected us and protected me, particularly as I was standing up the front preaching the gospel with the fire bombs, with the smoke bombs. Then he sent the militia around to the Ruscier Hotel and drove out the Russian mafia. We shall be forever in his debt. Dr. Boris Nemtsov, the governor of Nizhny Novgorod. Some people thought he was going to become the leader of the whole nation of, of Russia. He almost did. We look upon him as one of God's secret revolutionaries.
0: Tell us about Julia Ukina. What remarkable work did she do?
1: Julia Ukina is a very special person in my life and in the lives of my team members. She was the sister of Boris Nemtsov, the governor. When we were invited to the Kremlin in Nizhny Novgorod to meet the governor, and uh, the Archbishop and all of the city dignitaries. she turned up at the end of the meeting. The meeting had gone for several hours and we had talked across the table. I remember Bara sitting across the table as we discussed the Bible and the great truths of religious freedom. Danny Shelton was sitting by my side. This was an amazing meeting and then, Dr. Julia Ukana made her entrance. we never met her before, and she told the amazing story how she had been coming to the meetings and how she had found Christ. The governor was visibly moved and amazed. He said, Julia, I had no idea that you were going to Carter's meetings. She said, Boris, I've been going to these meetings and I went as an atheist and I have found Christ. Now, later on, Danny Shelton built the magnificent evangelism centre in the heart of Nizhny Novgorod. And Danny employed Dr. Julia, and she has been in charge of the work of God in that part of the world ever since. She is one of God's quiet revolutionaries. Today, we salute her.
0: What happened to Boris Nemtsov?
2: This is a tragic story.
1: I'd gotten to know Boris. I'd gone to a tennis match with him. I had met with him at the Kremlin and on other occasions. He became the voice of freedom in that part of the world. He was a man with tremendous charisma and uh, tremendous courage. And then in relatively recent times, he was assassinated on the bridge that leads to the Kremlin. You can go to that spot today and you'll see that people have left flowers. They, they leave flowers there because he was Russia's hero. He was the voice of of freedom and he was the man who protected us when we went to Nizhny Novgorod in the year 1992 and who saved us from the the wrath of the of the great state church and the russian mafia
0: how did you become a saved christian
1: i was brought up in the city of brisbane queensland australia I was brought up in a very legalistic home. My folks had been taught lots of the Bible, but somehow they had escaped the great truth of the gospel. And so I was brought up in this home where religion was an onerous thing. It was something to be shunned, something to be dreaded. I now understand why so many young people leave the church. I would have left the church also, except in the providence of God. I went to Avondale College. Certainly in those days, it was a bastion of of evangelistic preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Christ. I went there as a boy. In my first year at Avondale College, I turned 17 years of age. I left home to go up into North Queensland when I was 16 to drive a bulldozer, to get some money to go to college. So I have not been back to my old home for so, so many years. and Of course, my parents have now passed away. I went to Avondale College. In my first year, I turned 17 years of age. There was a young man there studying to become a minister. His name was Tom Ludoisi. Tom Ludowese took an interest in me. I was a young person. I was filled with my own private demons and my own private fears. I was restless and I was rebellious. Let me tell everybody who's watching the telecast today, rebellious young people do not need criticism, they need the love of God, which is exactly what Tom Ludoisi showed to me, John Carter. He listened to me. We went for walks together. He taught me to pray. He taught me about the love of God. He explained to me the greatest text in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And over a period of time, over a period of months, Tom taught me the gospel of Christ. He taught me that Christ died for me and that God loved me. This became a tremendous, overwhelming revelation of truth. I tell you something, I was dazed and amazed by the revelation of Christ, absolutely dazed and amazed. After all of those years, I am still dazed and amazed. Later on, Tom went to the United States of America. He married a very beautiful woman whose name is Pam went over to the United States of America, got his doctorate in ministry. He came back and served at the Sydney Adventist Hospital. One of God's quite revolutionaries. They're both revolutionaries. They are touching, they touched the lives of so many people with a quiet, gentle touch. I say this had it not been for the grace of God and the ministry of Tom Ludowici, today I would not even be a believer in Christ.
0: Can you tell us about Graham Bradford?
1: Well, for many years, Graham was my special friend. We could talk together. We could discuss theology together. We could discuss our concerns together. We trusted in each other. Graham had attended as a boy a great evangelistic campaign in the city of Sydney. He'd gone to hear the great American evangelist, Dr. Billy Graham. He heard... Billy Graham, preaching the gospel of Christ to 150,000 suntanned Australians in the great city of Sydney, and he found Christ. And after that, he went to what they called in those days an Adventist mission. That's a term that is not used today, maybe because we've lost our sense of mission. I don't know. But he went to this Adventist mission and became convinced about the truth of the biblical Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then he went along to Avondale College. He did a degree in theology. He became in his own right a theologian and a scholar, a preacher and an evangelist a game-changer, one of my heroes. I will forever be in the debt of Graham Bradford.
2: What impressed you most about him?
1: He had remarkable courage. He wasn't pushed around. He was gracious and kind and tactful but he was completely fearless. He was a person of tremendous integrity. Now, of course, not everybody who works for the church organization, unfortunately, has those sterling qualities. But Graham was a person with his own beliefs. He got his beliefs from God. He got his beliefs from a study of the scriptures. He was an evangelist. He believed in sharing the love of Christ with a dying world. He was one in a million.
0: And what are some of your memories?
1: We went to Manila together. We took a great group of young people from Sydney, Australia. This was my wife's idea, take young people overseas, get them out of the materialism, the worldliness of the big cities like Sydney and take them into a third world country and expose them to the preaching of the gospel of Christ. And so we took a bunch of young people from the Borunga Church on the north shore of Sydney. And we went to the city of Manila. We hired the Filipino International Convention Centre. We had to raise the budget for ourselves. We've always had to raise our budgets. How much money does the church give us? (laughs) You can guess it. But we rely upon God and the people of God, and God has never failed us. Neither have the people of God. So we had this great campaign in the Filipino International Convention Center and we saw thousands of people come to Christ. On one occasion, Graham and I and a few others went to this great high-security prison and we were taken on to death row I had the privilege of preaching on death row to young men who'd been sentenced to death who were soon going to be executed. I preached on the cross of Christ. I preached on the love of God. I preached the gospel of Christ. And Graham was there, of course, and then Graham and I took these young prisoners soon to be put to death into an adjoining room where there was a a large tank of water and Graham and I got into the pool of water with one of the Filipino pastors and we baptised those young men. Graham never forgot it. I never forgot it. We saw the power of God. Graham and I have been to dangerous places. He was one of God's heroes, I tell you.
2: Did he go with you to Russia?
1: The year was 1992, January. We got off the Trans Siberian Express. Oh, it was so cold. It was absolutely. Fr- Russia gets a little chilly in winter. <laughs> As Graham and I got off the train, we looked down into the faces of the survivors of the communist Holocaust. There was Pastor Vitelli, Pastor Alexander, Pastor Vasily, and a few others. We went and we preached in the churches. We'd never seen anything like it. Communism had collapsed. The people Many of the people were close to starvation. I remember on one occasion there was a big truck that was the back of the truck was full of fish. The fishermen had been out catching fish, and people were lining up by the hundreds, almost starving. And so <laughs> we brought we bought the truckload. We bought the whole lot, and in the name of Christ, we gave the fish to these starving Russians. So Graeme helped me to organise this great campaign. and He came back with me about five or six months later. We hired the Palace of Sport, this great cavernous auditorium. Graeme served as the manager. He pulled it all together. I did the preaching, but he did the the work of managing things and making announcements and organizing baptisms. We saw thousands of people come to Christ. We saw thousands of people baptized, and people had told us beforehand, it can't be done, it won't happen. You know, we meet people like this all the time, people in the church who say, It can't be done. It won't happen. They don't believe in evangelism. Of course, what they're telling us is that they don't believe in Christ and they don't believe in the Bible. But Crane was a person who believed in Christ and he believed in the Bible. He went with me to a meeting with the leaders of the KGB to their college. We met with the with the general in charge of everything and all of his colonels. And I had the privilege of preaching to a 1,000 officers of the KGB with the support of Graham Bradford. I will
2: never forget Graham. What was it that took his life?
1: Tragically, uh, Graham, an Australian who loved to be out in the sunshine, got a malignant melanoma. Against all odds, he fought it for three years, carried on preaching and teaching and doing evangelism, even as he was dying from a malignant melanoma. He had the real stuff. He was the real stuff. I took his funeral at Avondale Cemetery, At the end of the sermon, I said the words, rest in peace, rise in glory. Graham will be, my friend, uh, with Christ in glory. He was one of God's quiet revolutionaries. Much more to come,
2: amazing stories to come.
0: Because of the current crisis in the Ukraine, spiritual programs have all but vanished. There's an overwhelming hunger for the Word of God, and to respond to this urgent need, the Carter Report has pledged to build a media center. There is a building in a safe part of Ukraine that needs to be finished. Lights, cameras, sound and editing equipment will be purchased and installed. This center will produce Bible studies and church services. Also, radio and Christian TV programs that can be viewed on digital devices. Here are a few of God's soldiers on the battlefield in Ukraine. Dear Pastor Carter and uh, your team, dear friends uh, who support us in this very challenging time for Ukraine. For us, it's a big relief, huge encouragement that we can stay here and can dream about future steps in our mission to share gospel of Jesus Christ. We appreciate your prayer support. We appreciate your donations so much. We really dream that here in this place will be a very good uh, studio for Chernovtsy, for Ukrainian at all, where we can share the gospel. Please continue to pray about us, about our team, about Ukraine, and we will pray for you. Thank you very much. These people are compelled to move forward in faith. Let us all, in God's grace, move forward with them. We are asking you, supporters of the Carter Report, to help heal the hearts of Ukrainians with the Word of God. Please send your contributions for the Ukrainian Carter Report Media Center to our website or to the address on the screen. They need peace. They need hope. They need the Word of God now. The Carter Report is now streaming on demand for you. Now you can have the teachings of John Carter anytime, day or night. By streaming The Carter Report, there is more content for you to choose from. And it's easy. If you are new to streaming, all you need to do is purchase a streaming device. It doesn't really matter which one. You can buy a Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV from any major retailer. You, or a family member, can plug the device into your TV and sign into your internet connection. Do a search for the Carter Report and download the app to your device. From then on, your device and the Carter Report app can provide you with hundreds of on-demand programs. You can also take the Carter Report with you wherever you go. The official free Carter Report mobile app can be downloaded to your phone or tablet. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the app. Additionally, you can find Carter Report programs on your favorite podcast. You can also watch us on Vimeo or YouTube. Type the Carter Report in the search box. You can watch hundreds of uninterrupted John Carter teachings, whenever you want, for as many hours as you want. Travel with John Carter as he circles the globe to bring the gospel to millions of people. Watch the Carter classics from over 50 years of ministry and gain knowledge from stimulating interviews with Christian leaders. You now have multiple ways to watch the Carter Report. And once you start streaming, you'll find comfort in having these teachings readily available to you, whenever and wherever you want, for free. Welcome to the inspirational world Of John Carter. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.